know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you. So let's get started. You are listening to episode 11 of the Heart Sing podcast about the game changers I've had on my weight loss and spiritual quest. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer. The Heart Sync podcast has actually been a game changer for me in more ways than one, and I hope it's also helping to lead you to some of your game changers. If you're enjoying it, please share with your friends, reviews, and lots of stars are amazing. It helps the podcast get noticed and keeps me going as well. Today's episode was inspired by my overuse of the term game changers. In the last episode, and partially due to two of my uncles, they inspire me even when they may not intend to and always have. First, my Uncle Bobby had texted me alternate verbiage for Game Changer in response to episode 10, where I was killing it and actually had asked for help to come up with a new term. So he had texted me paradigm shift, tipping point, turning point. I was like, yes, this, this is good. And of course, then I had to Google about the definitions of both game changers and a paradigm shift to see what or if any difference there is between them. Game changers is defined as an element that changes a situation in a significant way, whereas a paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. So my interpretation of this, so this podcast makes sense to you when I use them throughout, is that the game changers in my life were things that I did, meditation, magic morning pages, taking a weight loss course. The paradigm shifts were the internal changes I experienced, often in a moment, but creating that fundamental underneath belief. And this is why I carry on about how you never know what that one little decision might be that will completely change the trajectory of your life. I mean, had I never stumbled across meditation, you would not be listening to me right now, or at least not about this. I would not have left corporate America, bought an RV to travel, and I would also bet I would not have lost a 100 pounds. Bend your mind around that for a minute. Where are you hesitating to try new things? And what if that one little thing will change your life? And really ask yourself why you're hesitant. After I had these shifts, I started trying all the things. I hired multiple coaches, took reading courses, books, tried new adventures, where before I would have hesitated, oh, it's not worth the money. That's not going to work for me. I had all of these reasons not to try. And so I just didn't even ever try. And I stayed the same. And now that I know that until I try and because I want that next little shift, why not invest in me to grow? So then my Uncle Badger reaches out to rave about the podcast. Thanks, Badge. I appreciate it. 
and also to share with me about the latest podcast from Mike Koenigs and Dan Sullivan, the Capability Amplifier podcast. And the episode was rewind about Rich Litvin and while well, he interviews him, he's a life coach. And in this episode, he gets talking about paradigm shifts. So, you know, I'm like, okay, that the universe just delivered me my next podcast topic on a platter. I couldn't ignore two references and then my overuse of the word term game changer. So I'll drop a link to that episode in my show notes today because it might just be a game changer for you. <laughs> Crack myself up sometimes. Anyhow, it was excellent. And when Rich was talking about this shift, he was talking about potentially working with people that were excelling at such a level, like billionaires, I think was the example they used, that sometimes it's just that tiniest shift in perception that perpetuates them to another level. And because they're operating so high, the repercussions of that tiny shift are just amplified. And it, it puts them in another realm that they didn't even know it was possible either. I was thinking about this and my journey about how I was so not the person that was executing at that level yet, you know, then or now, but how it was these tiny little shifts for me that had done just that. It put me on a path that I hadn't imagined before, really creating from that quantum field and from my future self. So therefore, I'm just like the billionaires. <laughs> See what I did there? I am going to share with you today three major shifts I had in my journey, some just from a thought shift and others from action and making habits. So you'll hear about the changes on my weight loss journey and also my spiritual journey and how they got entwined, the realization of who I really am, who I want to become in this form and world. And this is my journey of figuring out how to marry these two together that often seems so like opposing. My goal today is to leave you with inspiration to try new things, to think, what if that is the one thing I can do that changes everything? Ask what if more and allow your brain to work and the universe to deliver. So of course, we're going to start today with meditation. We're just going to start off with it off the bat because you know it's coming. And I'll be able to actually teach you in about 60 days when I have my Chopra certification. So hang in there. <laughs> okay, that was a total squirrel. Back on topic. When I was in that 300-pound ball of misery that is in episode one, you can get all the grimy details about that. I set out to search for a solution to my weight loss. And in the process, I started desperately just asking everyone and everything for help. I was willing to try anything at this point. I was very motivated by fear of dying, like my father at 45. And I just felt torn up inside. I could see myself on that path and I wanted off it. In the process of my seeking, I had made an everyday bucket list. And on there, I had meditation because I'd always liked the end of yoga, but didn't ever really think I could settle my mind. I mean, I had way too many thoughts for that, huh? Don't we all, Addie? Don't we all? I didn't know that, though. I thought I was a special kind of genius with so many thoughts that I couldn't possibly quiet them down. I'm sure you, you probably feel the same. I didn't know that that wasn't the objective necessarily, that the objective of meditation was to discover who we really are, not to have thoughts, not to not have thoughts. 
we all have 40 to 60,000 per day. So it's highly unlikely we're not going to have thoughts. We just learn through practice um, how to meditate. So anyhow, the seemingly one little thing of taking that step to meditation, game changer. And I almost didn't do it. It was in my newsfeed constantly for a free intro and I finally caved. I mean, this was about after a month of seeing it. And at this point, it was like Xanax or meditation better work. And thank goodness it did. And meditation was the element I added that changed my situation significantly. Adding the practice immediately led to less stress, greater sense of peace. And I, I swear it got smarter, you guys. I like super brain and all that jazz. But the paradigm shift or that change in belief that happened on my mountain, Namaslayer Mountain here in Phoenix, I would go to this mountain frequently before work and I would meditate up there and it was magical. I'd put my feet on the earth and feel the cool dirt there or hot rock, depending on the time of year. And I have this little bench out of the mountain itself that one friend said, I like to think God made that bench for you. Isn't that a beautiful thought? I look for seats like this in nature all the time now. And I think, yes, there, I'm meant to be there. Start looking for your benches out there. Anyhow, the paradigm shift from the game changer of meditation, that that was the big step I took that changed the circumstance and everything, was a combination of things as I was starting to awaken to my true self, to my soul I had shoved down, my awakening. And I had listened to Byron Katie and Oprah and she was, Byron Katie was talking about what is true? How do we know? And I just couldn't get away from this thought. I kept asking of every, yes, what is true? You and I will both have completely different recollection of the same situation. So what is that? Which one is right? Is there a right? Which one is real? How much of our lives do we go around telling ourselves stories that aren't true? According to statistics, about 50% of the time, just FYI. So if I can choose to think and create whatever I want, why am I thinking about things that don't serve me? What if I was in the exact body in the exact place I was supposed to be because I was? What if my mom was dying because it is and what is true? What if my daughter is in Hawaii right now because she's supposed to be and she's right where she is supposed to be? It was in this mindset that I had one of the most magical meditation experiences. I completely lit up like a, a ray of light. I melted with the universe. I wept. I felt the glory of it all. My heart burst open. And in that one instant, I knew what was true. I felt it. I knew that I am not this physical being. And while I had grown up learning this and intellectually was like, yeah, yeah, we're spiritual, not material. But now I knew. I had experienced it. It experienced, I, I experienced me. And this was a paradigm shift of epic proportions. It changed how I viewed everything, life, death, relationships, other people, nature, the understanding we all are. I am you, you are me. My passion for moving you and inspiring you to meditate and to figure this life game out and how to build habits and these things that are all part of it. All of that because of this shift. It changed my career. It changed my focus from being to show people how to lose weight, to help people find themselves in the quest and desire to lose weight. My ultimate goal of inspiring 1 million people to meditate, 
I'm about 100 right now, so drop a comment. If I've inspired you, I need to add you to my list. (laughs) The next big game changer for me was doing morning pages. We call them magic pages in the sisterhood now because we are stepping away from perfect and doing them any time of day is better than no time of day. So we rename them because people had some issues with feeling failure about not doing them in the morning. So, but they do, the concept comes from Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way. I'll link that for you too in the show notes. Um, the book itself, if you do the exercises, could be your game changer. It's, it's like really good stuff. And she shares this concept of three pages of stream of conscious writing every morning. I saw a bet in one of the Facebook groups I was in that this would change your life if you did it for 30 days. And I was like, oh, that's BS. I'm going to prove that wrong. I love to prove things wrong, right? So I have like 100 journals started and never written more than 10 pages in them. So there is no way this is working because the the deal was if you did it for 30 days, you weren't going to want to stop. And I was like, well, that's baloney. So um, they also said, you know, you've got to do the three pages. The third page is magic of some sort. And so I started this challenge and I committed to 30 days and I have not stopped. That is over 2,000 pages of longhand writing in about 15 journals. I probably have, how many books is that I've already written? The concept is this is stream of conscious writing, longhand writing, get it all out first thing in the mornings, if you can, and get the pen to the paper. Julia Cameron says something to the fact that morning pages are like taking your soul out for a walk and a cup of coffee before the rest of the world gets to experience you. And I love that image of strolling down the street with my soul and my cup of coffee. And I always have my coffee right there with me and I write my morning pages. And I love that part of my morning. I can't tell you what a game changer it's been. I am almost torn between magic morning pages and meditation for being the star of my AM habit stack. That is how much of a game changer they are. When I don't do my pages, which has been rare, my day is off. It's less clear. I'm a little funky. I haven't cleaned my head out, basically. I can't tell you how many of us have converted trying to debunk the magic of the morning pages. I have a lot of converts in the sisterhood. I do believe in putting votes in the bucket to make a habit to start with small baby steps. But I think part of the ease of making the morning pages the habit was the magic of that third page. And no, I can't explain it. Now that I'm more involved with life coaching, I can see that it's a brain dump of sorts, an undirected one, and literally you just let it flow. And when, though, when I do a thought download, it's usually a more structured still, like sentences from my observer, you know, like I'm watching my brain think, the one that sees the thoughts, right? The I am. The magic pages are just whatever's in there and just get it out. It's like whatever that I just put on the paper. Often it'll start something like this. I feel like crap today. Why did I get out of bed? I should have stayed there, but I'm here now. What should I talk about? I feel like a little off this morning. Why? What do we have to do? Oh, do we sleep well? Like on and on. Like you should see them. And that's stream of conscious. And if you just go release all self-judgment, put your pen to the paper and go you will be amazed. Literally, whatever thought is in your head, you just write it down. And remember, no one's going to read this, right? You can burn it if you want. You know, you get it out, your brain is empty, and you probably, um, you know, you guys that think you don't have thoughts that you can't write, like you don't know what to write, 
And all you have to do is write a thought in the hat and you, that's in your head. You're also probably the same people that think you can't meditate because you have too many thoughts. <laughs> if that struck a chord, I gotcha. You can see the irony, right? I know because I was like that too. Seriously though, what I had started doing and didn't even know I was self-coaching and scripting my days often in those pages. I was shaping, I was intentionally creating my life through this writing and coaching myself. And it started to feel so good when I was done. When I went right to do my plan after, it was easier. And I was able to make a habit of it because this feeling was good. Now, it took time, you guys. Don't get discouraged if you're trying to build these habits and it feels rough. All new habits are. You just have to learn how to push through that messy middle of the habit building. And when you come out the other side, glorious. I have a podcast on habits already. So check that out if you're interested in habits. And the magic morning pages, they are completely worth the trouble of making them a habit. Try the 30-day three-page challenge and see what happens. Be sure to tell me how it goes too, if you're a convert or not. If you find the magic on page three. Now, what was the paradigm shift I had? I would say I had a foundational shift in belief because I became a writer. I became on an identity-based level, someone who writes each and every day. This came through the act of doing this, but has changed my core of who I am. Boom, game changer, baby. The third and final game changer, I'm not done saying it yet, I'm going to leave you here with today, was hearing one of my coaches talk about releasing her desire for food. This was a paradigm shift, a fundamental change in how I view the rest of my journey with food or to this point. This thought came from listening to a workshop of Brooke Castillo's in the Life Coach School, and she was sharing her journey with food. Now, mind you, I had done some amazing mind work with Corinne Crabtree from No BS Weight Loss and want to give her a shout out because I would also not be here without having um, met her and learned from her. And I lost a lot of weight on that part of my journey, but I was ready for a new thought and a why and had been seeking. I remember Corinne coaching um, one of us that had about 40 pounds left to go as well. And she asked the person, well, do you want to lose the rest of your weight? Because they didn't really sound like it. And I thought, wow, do I want to? What's my why? I feel good. I look good. I, I wasn't feeling as motivated to lose it as I was originally. And I decided I needed a new why. And I wanted to focus on becoming the person that eats only to fuel her body. I know they exist because I have friends that do this, that they just don't, don't have the drama around food. And so I started my mantra, food is fuel. And I started to build a vision and follow the breadcrumbs that the universe leaves for me. And after following many different paths, learning a ton about nutrition through plant-based diets and Ayurveda, eventually leading me to self-coaching scholars and the life coach school, where I went back in for business just to help manage my mind while going through this process. And I ended up in a workshop on weight loss of Brooks. And I got this thought. She said this one thing and one of those big light bulb moments for me. She said she released her desire for food. Immediately, I could you could kind of see everyone in the workshop was like, I could never do that. What's she talking? That's crazy. And then she started to relate to something that hit home for me. And I was like, that, that was a thought I needed, what I've been seeking. 
And she went down to Bregan and Moore and said something to effect of, you don't tell a heroin addict that they can just have a little heroin, do you? And why do, why do we all think it's not okay to tell ourselves we are not going to eat what does not serve us? That we have this mentality that we are restricting ourselves in a negative way. What if it's to take care of ourselves? The biggest form of self-love. That is probably some slayer in there, but you get the idea. And then she said, and some of you are going to say, but I have to eat. I don't have to do heroin or I don't have to drink. And she related to alcohol and she said, well, you wouldn't tell an alcoholic they can have some beer, but they do still have to drink. They have to drink water. Yes, indeed. They have to drink something. And yes, we have to eat. But just like that, I have a choice with what I drink and what is good for me. And I have a choice for what I eat. And what if I didn't even have thoughts about what I was eating? Like if I didn't even know it was food, I wouldn't be craving for it because I wouldn't have a thought about it if I didn't know what a snicker bar was in a wrapper. Why did this make it so clear for me all of a sudden? Because this might like not mean anything to you, but this is where our paradigm shifts and you don't know what that one little thing's going to be. For me, there were several reasons that led up to this. And I think that's why it, it hits so all of us so differently because it has to do with your past and your history and all of these things you learned up to that point where you get the aha moment, right? Earlier in my journey, I had first started really understanding urges in body weight around removing the habit of wine. And I knew that the longer I went without it, the less I cared about it, that I could look at it and be around it and like not really care, which was kind of mind blowing to me because I had you know, I was, I loved the dope hit I got from the wine, you know, Friday night, like, bring it on, baby. And so I knew that I could, that that was possible. You know, once I had heard it in that, and it's because I had that experience with wine. And, um, you know, having experienced that and working hard on the habit, I was like, you know, I can do that with food. Why not? Why can't I do the same thing? Eventually not care. I'm walking by whatever or any food when I'm not really hungry or being able to sit in my hunger. The other history I had that led to the shift was being gluten-free, sugar-free. And I knew when these substances are out of my system, it's so much easier to make good choices. And I've been mainly gluten-free, sugar-free since 2011. But when I relapse, call it a relapse. It's like a drug. I definitely notice the difference. And when it's out, I can tell when I feel full. I know how food feels in my body. My body feels clean, like I'm processing everything. I'll do an episode just on gluten and sugar at some point, but let's just say that eating these things spikes your insulin and then the hormone that's supposed to tell you you are full, I think it's called lipotin or something, that's blocked. So essentially we run around thinking we're hungry all the time because our hormones are out of whack because our body is trying to process these things it isn't designed to. And so that new thought that I could actually release my desire for food, that it can just be neutral. Sure, I can enjoy and appreciate it and honor it, but it doesn't, I don't have to have a burning desire to get a cookie. Now I know it's possible. I believe because of all of that, I have to tie to that. You know, why isn't it possible to release the desire to become the person that doesn't desire food, but just eats to fuel her body? It is possible. And this is my quest. 
And it's compelling for me because I feel the truth in this. It shifted my beliefs inside of me from being that I was going to constantly struggle to figure it out to being okay. What do I try next to release this desire? And I'm currently working on what thought I will have when I am this person. I won't think, boy, it's nice I don't have a desire for food. I won't even think that, right? It will just be who I am, just as I'm a person that meditates and writes every day now. I don't walk around saying, I'm a person that meditates every day. I just am. Well, I guess I do because I tell you guys about that all the time, but you get the idea. I will be the person that fuels her strong, healthy body, and I will fail, you guys, to be sure I've already been failing since I've had this thought over and over again. But that's how success happens. That's how goals happen. Just because I'm not at my goal weight doesn't mean I'm not getting there. And when I do, I'll be at my goal weight fat adapted, healthy in mind, body, and soul, because it'll mean I had figured this out, that I released the desire for food. Look back over the last few years of your life. What have been your game changers? Those things that you added in, like my meditation and morning pages. Maybe you had a paradigm shift, like my thought around the desire for food that you were like, oh, that's it. Are you trying new things that might give you that next shift? Or are you living in fear? Step outside, get outside your comfort zone. If we keep repeating the same things over and over, we get the same results. What will it be for you? Meditation, maybe? (laughs) As I said in the beginning of this episode, it is my desire to inspire you to find those game changers for you. And if you're not meditating yet, that is a universal game changer. Yes, there is such a thing, and I just coined it. Listen, leave me a comment or message me. I'd love to hear what you're trying, any game changers, paradigm shifts you've had. And check me out at Facebook at Namaslayer and Instagram at AddieBeal underscore Namaslayer. And my website, you guys, Namaslayer.com for more on courses, coaching me for sisterhood. I would love to be on this journey with you. And thanks again for all the star shares, reviews. You guys light me up. And until next week, my witches and bitches, slay her out.